Sometimes courage whispers or does not speak at all. Courage doesn't always roar, says Mary Ann Rodmacher. Sometimes, she says, courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. That kind of courage looks a lot like perseverance or persistence, like a little voice at the end or beginning of the day. Every day, throughout the day, most of us are engaging in our lives with courage. Despite our fears, we move ahead, take chances, and exercise the courage of being human, the courage to live and to live well, or at least to try to live well. We keep going. Sometimes getting up in the morning or going to the dentist or the doctor are acts of courage. Parenting, caretaking, being vulnerable, being honest, not taking that drink, getting healthy, listening, getting on an airplane, or going to work can be acts of courage. So can going on a retreat or taking time for oneself or choosing not to go along with a crowd. These are not the typical ways our society envisions courage, though. Yet, it represents one approach to courage, a subtler approach, a kind of a stick intuitiveness, if you will. Such courage moves ahead when conditions aren't ideal, when we're thrown a curveball, when there's no reward, when other plans had to be put aside, and when no one is watching. It means living with integrity, just doing one's human duty day after day after day. Just think of all those moments in your own life when you're living your life, doing what you do, behind the scenes, no one notices, no one says thank you, and rather than feeling resentment, you keep on because keeping on means being true to yourself and your own values. It matters to do what you are doing. This steady courage is integrity. It's being true to one's ethics and values. This being human, this living, our courage in these ways, so often happens with the quiet voice. A quiet voice that I think in reality is often not all that quiet or small at all. But it is the kind of courage that so often doesn't get a lot of accolades. Most of us are even likely to just view that as life. Right? That's just life. That's just what we do. And maybe that's true. I think it is. But I have also been wondering this week about whether we spend enough time in our lives 
noticing, noticing those quiet acts of courage, acknowledging them to ourselves, and giving ourselves some encouragement along the way. Now, I don't mean that we should be overly congratulatory for ourselves. That would be kind of the opposite of a quiet kind of courage, right? But if we were just to notice that our lives are made up of just such moments, just think about that for a moment, what it would be like if we just thought about all those moments that make up our lives, those moments of such small, courageous acts, a whole life lived that way would be pretty spectacular, I think. Now, for me, getting out of bed in the morning isn't a particular act of courage, but it is for some people. It truly is for some people. For some people who suffer from depression or are dealing with something very difficult in their lives, getting up in the morning, getting out of bed, facing the day can be the very scariest thing of all. One of my worst fears is going to the dentist. Anyone there with me? Any? I was there recently, so it's sort of top of mind. I know I could avoid going to the dentist, but that could have some pretty dire consequences, right? We know what could happen, and I'm a pretty rational and science-oriented kind of person, and I know that dental health is crucial to good overall health. So despite my dental anxiety, I go to regular appointments and do the things that I need to do, and I certainly don't expect anyone to say, great job, Sandra, you went to the dentist, good for you. And I wouldn't want anybody to do that either. But after I've gone, I have to tell you that it's good to say, yep, you did it, you did it, it wasn't so bad, you made it, you made it through. And just that little bit of encouragement to acknowledge and notice that this is just part of life, but also part of life that takes a little extra, a little extra boost, a little extra courage for me. There are other kinds of quiet courage. When I visited my hairdresser this week, she shared with me that she has adopted a rescue dog, a dog that was left in Texas during the hurricane. The dog was found chained up in water. The dog had a limp and had been taken to a shelter that did not have a no-kill policy. So she agreed to take the dog. Now I want to say she was not portraying this as any act of courage to me. She was just telling me a story the way I think a good hairdresser does when you're sitting there and they're doing your hair, and you're passing that time together. And in fact, you might even ask, where's the courage in that? What does that have to do with courage? Well, if you've ever adopted an animal, and I've adopted many an animal, 
and you adopt an animal with an unknown or a difficult history, well, you might have to deal with some things you didn't anticipate. You might deal with some behavioral issues, some medical care you didn't expect. There's courage in taking a chance on another being. What if the limp turns out to be something medically quite serious and costly? What if the animal has some psychological challenges after the experience it's had? You just don't know. You just don't know. And still, still, you carry on. And of course, there are other small acts of courage and kindness that come to mind when we hear a story like that. Those small acts in Texas and Florida and the Caribbean and Puerto Rico and Mexico after all the natural disasters. Some of these actions make it into the news and we are reminded when we hear of these stories of the best of the human spirit, of just what people are capable of. These levels of compassion and heroism are astounding, yet so many we don't hear about at all. When we do hear about them, though, when we do hear about them, it's a reminder to us of what people are capable of, of what we are capable of. A small act of courage, a small, quiet act of courage by one person can be monumental in their own life, and also in the life of another. None of us knows how far any of these acts will go, how far our actions might reach. We might save a life. We might bolster another person. We might change the very arc of history. If that seems like a bold claim, let me share with you a story. The story of Meep Geese. Do you know that name? I think you will in just a few minutes. Oh, I see a couple of heads shaking. I think you'll know very soon. During the Second World War, Meep Geese, along with her husband and a number of others, was part of a group that helped eight Jewish people hiding in a secret annex in Amsterdam. Meep worked as Otto Frank's secretary. Their office building was connected to that annex. The group was eventually betrayed, and those in hiding were deported. Meep and a colleague hid the diary of the youngest of the eight they had helped to hide. Her name, of course, was Anne Frank. Meep stored Anne's writings in her desk drawer. She didn't read them. I find that pretty astounding right there. She didn't read them. I mean, I, 
It would have been all I could have done not to read them. She hoped to be able to return them to Anne after the war. Well, after the war, Anne's father returned, having survived the concentration camps. Anne had perished. And Meep gave the papers to him. Anne's diary was published under the title The Annex in 1947. Meep Geese has been described as a quiet and ordinary woman. An ordinary woman who sheltered Anne Frank in her attic for two years. Meep said this. I don't want to be considered a hero. Imagine if young people would grow up with the feeling that you have to be a hero to do your human duty. I am afraid nobody would ever help other people because who is a hero? I was not. I was just an ordinary housewife and secretary. Courage does not always roar. I want to share a little more of her ordinary story with you, and I want to share her words with you. She wrote, I stand at the end of the long, long line of good Dutch people who did what I did or more, much more, during those dark and terrible times years ago, but always like yesterday in the hearts of those of us who bear witness. Never a day goes by that I do not think of what happened then. More than 20,000 Dutch people helped to hide Jews and others in need of hiding during those years. I willingly did what I could to help. My husband did as well. It was not enough. She goes on to say, there is nothing special about me. I have never wanted special attention. I was only willing to do what was asked of me and what seemed necessary at the time. When I was persuaded to tell my story, I had to think of the place that Anne Frank holds in history and what her story has come to mean for the many millions of people who have been touched by it. I'm told that every night when the sun goes down, somewhere in the world, the curtain is going up on the stage play made from Anne's diary. Taking into consideration the many printings of the Annex, published in English as Anne Frank, the Diary of a Young Girl, and the many translations that have been made of Anne's story, her voice has reached the far edges of the earth. The words of Meep Geese. 
She only shared her story because she recognized how important Anne Frank's story is and was to people, how it reached to the far edges of the earth and still does, still does. It's astonishing to hear her say, I never wanted special attention. I was only willing to do what was asked of me and what seemed necessary. These are remarkable sentiments. It is not false humility on her part. It is the authentic embrace of what she found herself called to do, responding yes to what she felt was asked of her, what was hers to do, what I imagine she thought anyone in that position would have done when called to do it. This is what it means to be a full human being, I think, to step up in those situations, to have a heart of compassion, to live a life of joy and service. This morning I want to leave you with words Words from Marianne Rodmacher. I began the sermon with some of her words, and I want to end with a story she tells that led her to write some words. I think her story teaches us that we never quite know where that little voice is going to take us, where those whisperings will lead. Marianne Rodmacher said that when a friend of hers was dying of pancreatic cancer, their community gathered together to be with this friend at the time of the friend's passing. And later on, they had a memorial service for this friend. And this circle of friends gathered once again. They all had taken the afternoon off to be there. All but Marianne. Marianne chose to stay home that day. She said she felt that she had already spent weeks mourning her friend and had already memorialized her friend over that period of time. So she stayed home, and while she was home, she wrote some words. And the words that she wrote have become popular They're words that you can find on Pinterest or through a Google search or probably if you go out to a store, you might find them on a plaque somewhere. They are what Marianne says that her friend taught her about how to live courageously, how to embrace life. And here are those words. Live with intention. Walk to the edge. Listen hard. Practice wellness. Play with abandon. Laugh 
with no regret. Appreciate your friends. Continue to learn. Do what you love. Live as if this is all there is. Live as if this is all there is. That truly is an act of courage. May it be so. Amen. And blessed be.